I was just, uh, I was on Instagram following long COVID accounts and I came across a long COVID kids charity. And then I just know, I was just thinking about like, what what can I do to help others as well as something that could help me as well? Because of course I couldn't physically lead choirs because I, I was so ill. So how could I then do it? And I thought, well, I think there's kids who've got long COVID, they're so left behind and not heard. They need something um, that can support them. And I noticed there was a lot around well-being choirs or choirs to support recovery with long COVID for adults, for example, Ian No Breathe. But there was nothing there for kids and young people. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, the Long Haul Yogi, and you're listening to the Long Covid Hope podcast, the podcast that tells the more hopeful stories from people with Long Covid. The Long Covid Hope podcast is created by a former Long Hauler, myself, for people with Long Covid, allies of people with Long Covid, anyone who wants interested in learning about Long Covid from the true experts, the people with lived experience of the condition. Today we have an extra special episode as we'll be hearing from not only Meryl, who leads the Long Covid Kids Choir, but we're also hearing from two of the choir members, Caitlin and Clara, who unfortunately both are children um, suffering from Long Covid. So as you probably heard already in the episode introduction, um, the Meryl has started a wonderful program for kids with long COVID um, to take part via Zoom in this uh, choir experience. So we'll be firstly for hearing from Meryl about her own um, long COVID journey um, as a musician and as a singer and how she has progressed through the condition with breathing issues um, and a variety of um, things that helped her. And then we'll be hearing from Clara and Caitlin 
um, to children with long COVID about the experience of long COVID um, for children. And in the show notes, I'm including lots of lovely links to the Long COVID Kids Charity, of which the Long COVID Kids Choir is now a part, um, where you can find lots of really in, in important and great information about how Long COVID and PIMS um, is present in children. It does differ from the adult experience in certain ways and of course no child should be left to suffer with this a terrible condition and so anything I can do to shine a light on that I'm very happy to do so. So anyway without further ado let's get started. Hi Meryl welcome to the Long Covid Hopeful cast how are you? I'm okay thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, so to get started, would you like to introduce yourself, uh, where you are and what you do? Absolutely. Um, so yes, I'm Meryl. I'm based in uh, London in the UK, um, originally from the Netherlands. And I came to the UK in 2006, I think, quite a while ago. Mm. <laughs> and um, I'm a freelance musician. Wonderful. What, 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 mus- what um, instruments do you play? Uh, piano and singing. Great. And that's why you're here today. Obviously, you are a long hauler yourself, um, but you also uh, created the Long Covid Kids Choir. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yes. So we'll tell all the um, listeners all about that later, which is very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so let's get started with how COVID first got to you. <laughs> mm. What was your n- initial COVID infection like? When when did it happen? And, and what? Um, it was very surprising, actually. Um, and I noticed it. Um, I remember I was in, um, it was on the 23rd of December in 2021. And um, I was in the gym in the morning, just doing my usual workouts. The gym was more or less my second home. <laughs> and I noticed I was breathless in a really odd way not in um, sort of a normal way that I would normally sort of be out of breath for something. And I thought, hmm, something, this doesn't feel right. And um, so later that day, um, I took um, a test. I think it was a lateral flow test. And um, I tested positive. And um, so that sort of then made sense in a way with the the odd breathlessness. Um, It was actually the day in which I was supposed to have my booster jab, which I couldn't then have because mm. I'd already, yeah, tested positive. Right, so you had already had two uh, COVID vaccinations and then, yes. and then you... Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think that second vaccination was quite a while back at that point. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely due that booster, which I, yeah, couldn't have. And, um, and I guess over the course of sort of the next, like, five days into the infection, the breathlessness got... Um, uh, more intense and worse and um, I had some other symptoms as well like a cold sore throat but I think I didn't really pay much attention to these because probably like so many of us were sort of used to sort of pushing through and ignoring sometimes uh, a cold or anything um, so yeah but yeah the breathlessness, the breathlessness got increasingly worse and then I remember a family member who's based in the Netherlands um, said to me like oh you sound like you've, you've run several marathons <laughs> Right. Uh, like, oh, this doesn't sound right, and I better get um, yeah, someone to check up on it. So we um, had some paramedics coming to the house, 
um, who then um, mentioned to me that I was desaturated mm. and um, said that it was best to take me to A&E just to run some checks and to see what was going on. Sure. Um, yeah, and then I got to A&E and um, was there for quite a long time. They run some blood tests and uh, they um, noticed that my troponin level was uh, raised. Okay. And, no, uh, sure but my, my lung scan was all fine, nothing <laughs> in there. <laughs> um, and then they mentioned that they might want to keep me overnight because of the raised troponin, but that it was sort of um, a borderline as in some hospitals, they have like different cutoff points. Um, and then the doctor came back and said, well, too young. <laughs> you don't have any underlying health conditions. We're sending you back home. <laughs> right. But did yeah. you feel, um, so you, you said the breathlessness, was it mostly shortness of breath or did you also feel like tightness and pain in the chest? I think at that point I felt tightness and I felt like I couldn't get enough breath out of the breath that I was taking. Mm. Um, if that makes sense um yeah I don't think I was experiencing like chest pains at that point um or at least I can't recall any of that yeah um, yeah so yeah and actually that was actually then when it all really started because um um I was sort of promised a follow-up phone call from the hospital which didn't happen and um you know my saturate they did give me um an oxygen um can't recall now what you meant to call it but like an oxygen uh meter just to check my oxygen levels um and they kept dropping um and uh, yeah so it was really hard to actually get someone to to check on how i was doing um um there was a constant sort of mentioning of like there was like a COVID clinic at the hospital but then no one knew about it so i was being sent back and forth Mm. Uh, yeah and um and I think because of that and at some point I thought look I don't think I should be sort of waiting around to see what is going to be happening um action has to be taken now so I went online I went on google <laughs> yeah. and I googled cardiologists with um who are specializing in COVID and the heart and um I found someone and okay yeah contacted her and um I think that's been the best decision I've made and that, that was like for a, a private consultation then with a cardiologist right yeah, it's all been private yeah, <laughs> my yeah. bank account is not so happy <laughs> I know we, we love the NHS and we respect mm. you know and you know public health care is amazing but Time and time again, I think it's to do with the the lack of funding and the lack of support that NHS has had for decades now. And obviously, it kind of came to a head right in the pandemic. And right, yeah. yeah and obviously, I've I've spoken to many people who had mixed experiences in trying to access healthcare services. But I mean, it's great that that you had the um, ability and opportunity to to seek uh, private healthcare. Yeah. Um, and totally so, what agree. happened yeah, with the cardiologist? I had that. So. Sorry. What happened with the, when you saw the cardiologist then? Um, so, know? yeah, I had an, on, an online consultation with her because she's um, partially, she's based in Germany, but also connected to a hospital here in, in London. Okay. And uh, she said, look, I think we need to get you a cardiac MRI, but we also need to do a, a lung scan to see if there's anything happening there, um, which I then had the, the next week, really. 
Right. Um, uh, was that and, uh, a CT scan? What kind of um, scan? I think it might have been a CT yeah, CT scan. It's been quite a while ago. Um, I think it was. This was in January two thousand twenty-two. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, and since then I've had another two uh, cardiac MRIs. So, um, but yeah, that first one then showed that um, I've got myopericarditis. Right. Um, yeah. And um, so there were lots of other sort of little things around it, but I think the the biggest thing at that point is the mer the myopericarditis, and um, the the lung scan didn't show anything apart from that, um, like the respiratory muscles were weakened. Okay, but you didn't see any 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 um, ab ab abnormalities actually in the lungs condition. Exactly. Then, so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so so all of the breathlessness you think was caused. Um, by the myopericarditis, I'm going to mispronounce it. <laughs> that myopericarditis. I've never heard of it with before. Your, <laughs> with your heart was affecting yes. your, your breathing. Yeah. Right. And interestingly enough, in the third um, cardiac MRI, which we did with a drug-induced stress test, which was um, a couple of months ago, we found out that there's also a small vessel disease. Okay. So, I'm, not, I'm not sure what that is either. <laughs> yeah, like no, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all to do like with, um, well, at least what we think is like it's an autoimmune response that I then had from the infection. Um, and I think with small vessel inflammation, like the small vessels are like stuck or glued together and they don't let enough blood through and then it can't get to the organs, basically. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I do, I'm a believer in that knowledge is power and obviously knowing what's happening, yes. then, then there can be um, treatments and further, whatever. So further help. So, so did, were you given any, any treatments or any? Yes. Any, yeah. Any I'm so grateful for that. Um, yeah. She put me on medication straight away. Um, and I think this has really helped. We started with one of the medications on a high doses and with another one on a lower one, and we're bringing that one up. And um, I think, I, yeah, I'm so, I feel so grateful that I've I've got that. And um, I think that's really helped me in my recovery. And at the moment, I think it's helped me um, to be able to do some things of which I thought at that point, at the start of everything that I wouldn't be able to do anymore yes so. great well I'm really glad that that you had you, you've got some care and, and the treatments began to work yes. that's really that's really really good to hear and I mean of course given that your 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 singing voice is like your career right it's your yeah. instrument so sh surely it must have been even more disconcerting to have problems with 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 your lungs not with your lungs but with with ability to breathe I imagine you wouldn't be you're struggling to think absolutely yeah and it's interesting yeah. yeah that you mentioned that because um part of it was also that I had um dysfunctional breathing yes um, yeah so um and again I'm so grateful because there were some resources out there um for musicians I'm a member of the Royal Society of mu mu Musicians and they very kindly uh, financially su supported me in uh, five months of respiratory physiotherapy uh, and Great. i think it's that has really that really helped me getting back to n normal normal breathing 
Absolutely. And yes, I I had dysfunctional breathing too post COVID, and um and I also um, part of my uh, remit as a as a yoga teacher is I I help um, teach breath work and try and help people yeah. to get back into a more regular breathing pattern. So could you share with the listeners any particular um, types of um, exercise or types of treatments that you had for breathing dysfunction that helped you? That might be useful to share. Yeah, so one of the things that we did is she wanted me to do a lot of nose breathing. Mm. And um, so she gave me specific exercises when nose breathing um, with like holding the breath as well and yes. then uh, breathing out for a particular amount of um, counts um, and I recall also that I had to tape my mouth yes okay tape your mouth time. during the daytime or at night time or both both ah, yeah okay yeah and she gave me little green stickers that I had to put on objects which I would be using a lot. And every time I would see one of those green stickers, I would have to take a pause and mindfully breathe. Mm, that's a good yeah. tip. <laughs> yeah, so just whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing around the room, you can spot one of the green stickers and then, okay, stop and then do some mindful breathing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Should have worn some other things. It's been quite a while ago that I had this um we I I remember we also um she used um, a children's book which I then had to read a few lines of and um again making sure I was pausing to take a breath again in a particular way okay yeah Yeah, I mean it's um that's very close to my heart because when I uh, caught COVID and got long COVID I had a nine-month-old baby and I also experienced a lot of shortness of breath and breathlessness. And I remember trying to read stories to her or sing her um, nursery rhymes, and I couldn't. So, um, yeah, that kind of <laughs> touched the nerve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely it was. But um, I'm, I'm happy to say it's a thing of the past now, and everything is pretty good um, breathing wise for me. Um, so, was there anything else along um, the, the, your uh, long COVID recovery journey um, that helped you? That's worth pointing out. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's all like, it's a combination of things, isn't it? So mm. I did an awful lot of meditation, mm-hmm. which I think is really supported the journey of re- recovering and um as well as trying to listen more to my body. So I was so used to just pushing through to my limits. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and that sort of um, resting. I, I still haven't nailed it, to be honest. <laughs> I like to think I'm getting better at it um, because just as so many of us, like also have like the post-exertional malaise and uh, that really threw me in the beginning. It was like, well, what is happening? Why can't I do this? And... Yes, it's so confusing. And particularly when um, society and even doctors are telling us, you know, just get back into some exercise, make you feel better. And obviously the, op- the opposite can happen when you have post-exertional malaise. You were yeah. saying at the start that, that you were a regular at the gym and obviously leading a full mm. life before this happened. Yeah. 
Um, so did, did yeah, the meditation little... and like listening to your body then help you like with pacing? And It did help. Yes, I had to learn a lot. And um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I've, I've made lots of mistakes in that. And I think I've definitely done some things that of looking back at it, I think might have sort of prolonged my recovery journey. But at that point, I think mentally, I also needed it. That because sure. I feel I really feel like you have to have things that I don't know that keep you going or that you can look forward to or that give you hope or at least that you give you the feeling that you're doing something <laughs> to try to help yourself. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And it and it is like yeah, absolutely. When when you're kind of stuck, whether you're stuck in the house or stuck in the bed, like to have something that you can do that's not going to make you feel worse. It's so it's so it's so vital, isn't it? It's so important to have have your thing um and I, I can definitely relate I, I spent a lot of time on insight timer app listening to guided meditations listening to music things like that that would help to kind of calm things down is there any particular meditations or meditation guides that you enjoy listening to the most that you'd like to talk about um the one that really really helped me at the beginning something that um lady i found on youtube she's called Annie Rosenberg and for me the meditations with like the the, um, the frequency sound frequency were mm. just right because I, I recall like lying in, in my bed and I, I had such so much chest pain that I couldn't lie on my back I could just it was just yeah <laughs> awful and I put it on with the um, the sound frequency and just the vibrations of that sound just made me relax a bit yes. more and I could actually sleep a bit that was when, when I found that I was like I'm gonna listen to this every single day <laughs> I think it's good for me <laughs> yeah it's so great when you find what works for you whatever it is you know I, yeah, I say absolutely. to people like you have to play around and try lots of different things and if you find a certain thing that is working and stick with it and, yes. and allow it to, to help absolutely um, maybe we'll share in the show notes um, links to, to to that particular really? YouTube then, <laughs> so people listeners yes. can can hear it. <laughs> the healing absolutely. frequencies and yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, so so where are you at now then in in your healing? Do you feel uh, quite a lot better, or what's what's the current situation? So I think in comparison to last year around this time. I feel definitely much better. I've noticed improvements. Um, and those improvements were also shown in the last cardiac MRI. Because for example, in the first one, we also saw that uh, my left ventricular ejection fraction wasn't good. And that has now stabilized. And I really noticed that difference. And I think that's also allowing me to do a bit more work to actually physically go into school and do some piano teaching and singing teaching. And uh, I mean, I, I noticed straight away when I was trying to open the doors in school, which are really heavy, suddenly mm. I was able to do that again. And so it's those little things. I think yeah. I'm around 50% at the moment. Okay. So, yeah. But it's great. It's great that you're able to, um, obviously we'll, we'll talk about the choir in a minute, but it's great that you can do the choir stuff and then you're starting to do some stuff um, working then in schools, which yeah. is, must be really nice. 
um, to get back to a bit of normality, I suppose, in your day to day. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, um, let's talk about the long <laughs> COVID kids choir. Yeah. So, what was when when did you first get this idea to to do to do the choir? Yes. I think it was in the early stages of my long COVID journey. I think it must have been like February or March 2022. And um, I was at home, couldn't do anything. And uh, I was just, uh, I was on Instagram following. long COVID accounts and I came across a long COVID kids charity and then I just know I was just thinking about like what what can I do to help others as well as something that could help me as well because of course I couldn't physically lead choirs because I, I was so ill so how could I then do it and I thought well I think there's kids who've got long COVID they're so left behind and not heard they need something um can support them and I noticed there was a lot around for um in terms of like re well-being choirs or choirs to support recovery with long COVID for adults for example Ian No Breathe which is a fabulous program which I've done as well but there was nothing there for kids and young people and it really broke my heart to be honest um, So yeah, so I reached out to um, Sammy McFarland, who is the CEO and founder of Long COVID Kids Charity. I actually just messaged her on Instagram and I said, look, <laughs> I've got this idea about like an online choir for children with long COVID. Would you, could I, would you be interested in, an, in a collaboration? Because I feel that actually I, I will be able to reach more children and young people through the charity. And I think we're stronger doing this together than me just trying to do it by myself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Great. So I take it Sammy like jumped at the chance then to have you Yes. join forces. Yeah. It Yeah. did take a little while before we started because at that point we're both really unwell because Sammy's got long COVID as well. Yes. And uh, definitely a couple of months. I don't think we got back in touch really until like maybe the end of September. And that's when it started to kick off. So. Great. Yeah, and it looks and sounds fabulous. <laughs> it's really great that you're doing this, and and it's and it's so like you said, <clears throat> it's so good to 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 have something for kids to 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 take part in and look forward to. Um, and definitely in this country, it feels like um, sorry, <coughs> it's, it's it seems like in this country that the that of course there are a ch lots of children with long COVID, but it's not really very well recognised. Uh, be it in, by the schools or by the healthcare system um i mean maybe you can't really speak to that in particular um but it seems it seems to me at least um like it's like i'm i'm not sure how well children are being supported um with their own recovery um so it's really great that you're that you're doing this um so would you like to tell the listeners um so 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 What is it? It's all online. And how, how often do, do the kids meet with the singing then? Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, yes, so it's all online. We meet um, over Zoom uh, on Sundays at around like five o'clock, just so that children who are, are living abroad can also attend. Because, for example, Mm. we've got a lovely girl um, who lives in the US. Uh, so for her, it's morning at five o'clock for us in the afternoon and so 
she can join us as well. And um, the session lasts for like 45 minutes. And I really try to make it like an, a blend of, we do some mindfulness exercises, breathing exercises, um, and then, you know, fun warm-ups, some like brain gym, tongue twisters. And um, like song-wise, we, we work on different things. So sometimes we um, look at a song only for like in one session, but alongside we've got something that we work on for a longer period of time, which sometimes becomes like a project. So we had something for the coronation and um, yeah, and other things are just only for one particular session. Um, and then occasionally we've got some guest artists joining us. So fun. <laughs> yeah, which is really lovely because, you know, um, also when you're stuck at home, you can't go out really to any concerts or socialize. So I thought, I think it would be really lovely for the children to have someone performing to them online over Zoom. So, yeah, to give them that feeling of being included and inspired as well, because the 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 so you know they're at home, they can't access education, they're missing out on an awful lot. So. Yes, yes. Because obviously during lockdowns and things, there was homeschooling and things that were set up for them. I'm not sure uh, what they're able to access education-wise now. Um, I think it really depends on the school. Right. Yeah. How cooperative the school um, Yeah, is. yeah. And I guess like with long COVID in adults, there's there's obviously a spectrum and there are lots of different um, symptoms, presentations and different manifestations aren't there of, of long COVID. So the same in children too, um, that yes. there's different different symptoms, different presentations. Um, obviously you might not be able to speak to that too much. And I will link um, for listeners, I'll put some links to uh, Long COVID Kids website, which has some further information about long COVID in kids and uh, PIMS, um, the, uh, I can't think of what it is. The the inflammationary um multisystem um yeah. syndrome. Um and there's also some symptoms galleries on there that I'll share as well. Yes, um to let let Misters know. I think it's 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 really important to to raise awareness as well about long COVID in children and how it might manifest a little differently. Um but if but if obviously if listeners have no other child who is struggling um, after having had COVID or suspectedly had COVID, um, it's good to check out the website, Long COVID right. Charity. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. All for raising awareness. Yes. So what kind of um, musical styles do you, do you have in the choir? Is it, is it a big range? What do you do? Yes, it's a really big range. Really big range. Um, you know, we love musical theatre, but we've got pop songs, um, Taylor Swift, and uh-huh. uh, I have to think of, of what, what else. We've done such a variety that sometimes I can't even remember what we did. <laughs> really a variety. Um, at the moment, we're looking into some rapping as well. We were very inspired by MC Grammar the other day, who posted something on Twitter. He's a rapper who raps children books. And... Uh, it just was so amazing when I was watching that video. So I thought, I think this is great for the Long Covers Kid Choir. We have to create a rap as well about our choir. 
so that's our latest project we're going cool. to be on it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we had um for the coronation we also had a little project where i used a song from a children's uh, composer uh, called lynn marsh and um i sort of slightly changed the words to her song to make it more coronationary and we recorded that and I sent it to King Charles. <laughs> I haven't heard back yet from him, <laughs> but fingers crossed. <laughs> he probably received quite a few things. That's what I was thinking, it probably will take a while. <laughs> Hopefully they'll get to eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a lovely thing to do. And I'm sure it really inspires, is inspire the children as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's how we yeah. do it. Yeah, so wonderful. Um, <laughs> can I ask, um, are, are the age ranges of the children, is it really um, a wide range or is there particularly um, like teenagers that take part? Or is there a particular? It's a fairly wide range. So I'd say it ranges from about like maybe eight up to 15, 16 sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we've got... Um, a core group it's generally uh of course you know it's always very dependent isn't it like on on energy levels um yes. who, who's going to be attending but i have to say the core group is generally there and because there's absolutely no pressure in having to do everything it's just as much as you as much or as little as you can manage and um you know sometimes and this is the same with my uh, long COVID choir for adults so sometimes participants join in from their sofa, others are lying on their bed um, and uh, and are just listening or dipping in and out of things that we're doing. Yes, so yes. Very accessible. Yeah, I can imagine you would really help um, as well, particularly if, if a child or adult has um, like breathing dysfunction, having some issues with respiratory symptoms. I'm sure that your um, exercises and things that you're doing can help to kind of um, on their healing journey for, for them too. Yes, and I think that's lovely that you mentioned about like the healing journey. I think all these aspects together help or can help with an, an upwards journey like in the healing process. And yeah, so with those breathing exercises, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like that it's, just really lovely already just for in the session to feel that the breathing is calmer and that maybe by remembering that exercise or being able to access it in the next session finding that same calm feeling again and hopefully that will have a a domino effect on other things as well i don't know if that's the right way of explaining it <laughs> but no I, I definitely understand uh, like and I guess just having something to focus on for a while is kind of yes. is mindful in itself isn't it so you have mindful mm. singing <laughs> yes mindful breath work yeah it's lovely um I just had a thought do you want to maybe share with listeners like some like an exercise that you do with with with, in, with the choir anything you can like Absolutely. talk listeners through <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot yes uh let me just um so the one that we've recently been doing is that we take our hand and um you start the bottom of your thumb with your index finger and you trace the thumb going up and then you think when you get to the top you think of something that you love to see and then once you've thought of that 
you trace down the thumb and up the index finger and you think of something that you love to touch. And then you slide down your finger to the side. And you go up to the tip of your middle finger. And you think of a sound you love to hear. You slide down. Go up to the tip of your ring finger. And think something that you love to smell. Slide down to the tip of your pinky finger and think of something you love to taste. And then go down again. And then we just relax. So that's one of the exercises. That's great. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I actually I do feel a similar mindful, um, but it's kind of like um you do the opposite, like going at like external and going internally, like as a meditation exercise. But it's interesting to use like to use your your hand like that. It's obviously must be very appealing to children. Yes. Um, and then exactly. to really engaging and to get them to to focus and calm. And, and um, yeah, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll definitely share um, some audio from some of the choirs. Uh, performances I've, I've seen I've seen stuff online but it'd be good um to share something with the podcast listeners I'll start to Lovely. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity great. super um is there anything else you'd like to share about the the choir no, maybe about the adult choir that you do as well um yeah yes yeah so there's also um uh, an adult choir and they meet on Wednesdays at seven o'clock in the evening for UK time, GMT time. And this was actually not um, set up by me, by, but by a lady called Claire Hasty, who is also the founder of the Long COVID support group. So the choir is part of that particular Long COVID group, support group, and that they offer many different things that you could potentially um, participate in. And um, yeah, so this choir has been running for quite some time, I think two years at least. And uh, it's in setup, it's fairly similar. Again, it's not necessarily a recovery program like Ian O'Brien, for example, uh, but it, it's it's a place where people who who love music and singing or listening to music can come together, do some breathing, have a chat at the end, or not if you don't want to, and uh, yeah, just coming together. Oh, by the way, are you back to singing yourself then? Like, where are things at with your own singing voice? Obviously, you probably sing with the choirs, but um, are you able to sing professionally yet? Is this something you're still kind of returning to? Um, there's been improvement for sure. Yeah, I do feel my voice is stronger, which is great. And because um, also, I'm also like more like a trained pianist and... Um, Long, long, like COVID gave me quite a bit of issues with my hands as well. Um, so I think like luckily with like more higher doses of medication, that's sort of helping now as well. So I'm quite sort of, there's a little glimmers as well. <laughs> I think that I can do a few things again regarding yeah. that. So. What, what was, if I could ask, what, what was happening with your hands post-COVID? This um, coloring, so the, the tops were like red and then white in the middle 
and red. I still have it and they would swell up and get really painful. Um, so when I play, mm. um, it gets really painful. I've never ever had that before. So it's um, sort of Raynaud's caused by COVID, but a particular type, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's frustrating, really frustrating. So, All right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. it, 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 it continues to improve, and you get back to everything that you were doing before. Thank goodness for medication. In my case. Thank goodness for good, for good uh, cardiologists, apparently. <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm so happy with her. I really am. Yeah, and also because she's very much aware of post-occlusional malaise, so she's always said. Um you know be be careful with exercise don't don't go there yet wait wait uh so really yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean you can still do some uh, movement some stretching some gentle things that are not just to be careful not to go into like cardio kind of workout but there's things you can do there's things that I teach <laughs> where you're kind of lying down yoga or sitting yoga or, or party so like generally stretching generally strengthening but you can um well yeah. or when you're ready to you can ease in a little bit of that maybe yes fantastic well thank you for all you do and thank you for sharing with us today is there anything else you'd like to say to listeners with long covid uh, before we end um I think yeah I've been thinking about this and of course we're all sort of in slightly different situations but I think um what me really helped was although it's hard but like finding the, the joy in in little things which I know is not always easy to do because I know like you know for me like running on the treadmill for an hour doesn't give me the like or at least like doing a meditation doesn't give me the same thrill as running on the treadmill for an hour um but it's just maybe being in the moments that bring some joy or something positive and treasuring those moments and holding on to them yes yeah yeah i read online recently about a concept of glimmers Kind of like ah. the opposite of triggers but so like something that kind of triggers like a little bit of delight a bit of joy and it can be something really you know really small just like hearing a, a bird on the tree outside yes. or just just literally anything that just kind of you can embrace and and it's bringing a little bit of optimism or positive positivity to your day so I love that concept actually yeah it's, it's lovely isn't it it's really lovely yeah I remember that sure because yeah. there are little glimmers in in the day like yeah and spark a little bit of joy and just have something yeah because obviously you know with, with chronic conditions like many days can feel similar oh. and you might not get loads you know done or, or doing that much um so it's just nice to kind of like indeed to hold on to um yeah. the things that that spark joy absolutely Thank you for sharing Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been really great to talk to you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And now let's hear from the long COVID kids themselves. 
Um, hi, Caitlin and Caitlin's mum, Lorna. Welcome to the Long COVID Hope podcast. It's so great to have you here. Hi. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for um, being on the podcast to talk about your experience as a child with Long COVID. We really appreciate it. Um, so, um, Caitlin, would you start off with, um, obviously, um, we've introduced your name, but how, how old are you and um, how old were you when you first got um, COVID? Uh, so I'm 12, um, but I was 10 when I first got COVID. Right. Yes. And could you describe how it felt when you first had COVID? The initial it was just symptoms? like symptoms. Was kind of... <laughs> it was just, a re- I had a really bad headache at first. It was like really, really painful. And um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a headache and I had tummy pains and it was that kind of stuff. So, uh, I was, yeah. yeah, she had been at school um, that day. Yeah. But because she didn't have COVID symptoms, <laughs> yeah, they kept her at school. Um, so COVID symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So she, I think she'd been lying on the floor with the pains in her head mm-hmm. um, and feeling sick and things. And the school eventually phoned me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you weren't well at all. Temperature and things as well. Um, yeah, just felt terrible the day. Uh-huh. And they and they're just like, oh, have a have a drink of water. It's gonna be okay. And it's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's not easy to, to revisit these things. Um, and. Did you uh, begin to feel better, and then the long COVID started? Like, what was the? How did it progress? It was kind of so. I was off the first week, and it was other. So other classmates started getting it because, of course, I was at school at the time. They went back after the weekend. I was was it a month or a month and a half? Six weeks. Six weeks, where I would literally sleep get up lie on the couch for the entire day and then sleep and then the they just repeated itself so yeah there was it, it was just terrible and then i started feeling slightly better like good enough to go back to school so, so you started off doing sort of a couple of hours maybe when she could or going in at break time or to have lunch with our friends mm-hmm. Um, but not really a lot more than that, unfortunately. Yeah. But the whole class got COVID. This is where she got it the first time. Yes. Um, and everybody went down with it. There was only a few of us that but, never got it, I, I think. Know. Lucky. <laughs> but um, after there was 10 days at the time, that was the, the period that you had to stay at home. Um, and everybody went back after the 10 days. Um, and I even got a call from the school and, it was like, but everybody else is, you know, it's 10 days, everybody else is back now, you know, where is she? <laughs> and I'm like, she's lying on the couch, she can't move. Um, so this went on for sort of six weeks, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Long time. And then they invited her to go in for break, just to see her friends, really, um, or for lunch. Um, but she was pretty much off for most of that year. So it's primary six, that's what we call it in Scotland. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I'm not sure. I, I, I think yeah. it's... So I, I of course, I'm... But you were I 10. Was, like, yeah. I was 10, so... 
Well, P7, I think that's called Year 6, so I'm assuming it's Year 5, I don't really know, though. Um, She missed most of that, she missed most of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, She went in at times, um, or I would take her in later in the morning, or pick her up early, you know, if it was too much from her, for her. Um, So, um, but the, the fatigue and... Brain fog. And it was the fatigue, the brain fog, the leg pains. Leg pains. Tummy huge pains. Thing. Um, tummy yeah. pains are quite bad as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so you're describing your your main symptoms with long COVID. Um, so was was fatigue like a really big part of it for you? Uh, fatigue is like a really yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before COVID, she she went at a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. full of life excited playing every sport you could imagine mm-hmm. um being outside constantly and that just went completely i'm gonna get upset sorry i'm I'll sorry you. <laughs> um, i mean it's, yeah. it was bad enough going through it as an adult i had uh, long COVID for two years i can't imagine as a child it's yeah it's a lot um and were you supported by your school and by your gp and um School, they, in the time that I was off, I think that was enough time to look into it. Um, so then they could uh, give me time to rest and I didn't have to do pee and stuff. So that like really helped. But with the GP thing, um, what, what, like, what would you class? Oh, it was a GP, G- registrar. Registrar? Yeah. Um, mm. so he he was amazing. Um, Good. he I don't know, he actually listened to us, I suppose. Um, where other people were dismissing everything, um, and the school did support us eventually, but it took a while, mm-hmm. um, because nobody knew anything about it. It was like, well, you get COVID, it's just a cold, you come back to school, you go back to work, and you get on with your life, kind of thing. Um, but obviously. In Caitlin's case, that wasn't the case. Um, so it took a lot of. I was quite. I'm quite forthright when I'm fighting for my children. Um, so I had to get my point across quite a lot with the school, and eventually they got it. But it wasn't until we went through all the GP and everything like that that they finally thought, right, okay, there's obviously an issue here. Um, so. They were as supportive as they could be um, with something that they had no idea about. Because mm-hmm. um, in Scotland, we don't have what gym colleagues. We don't have clinics up here. We don't here. have clinics in Scotland. Um, I think they're maybe yeah. getting them for adults, but there's nothing at all for children. Um, but Dr Chowdhury, he was absolutely amazing with that. Um, and he listened to you, didn't he? He was just brilliant. Oh, I really um, helped. But then he, he moved lovely. on. <laughs> but um, there's no referral pathways for children. So every time you tried to refer her anywhere, there were, that's not appropriate and it got bumped back. So you had blood tests, you had an ECG, chest, a chest x-ray, and they dipped your urine. Don't go there. Um, so, um, so he did everything that he was allowed to do, 
Um, but it just keeps getting bounced back all the time. You know, oh, you have to wait to see a paediatrician. It'll be two, three years before you can see anyone. And there's nothing specific for children. Um, and even the nurse, the lovely nurse that we saw at the sick kids in Edinburgh, she had said, you know, the kids that, are in, that we're now seeing after they've had COVID, all these different symptoms and different sort of issues um she says we're seeing them more and more oh but, um yeah but yeah. dr chowdhury he's moved on um he was obviously just training our gp practice but we've got another gp and she's lovely what's her name i can't remember um, <laughs> but she um i've only spoken to her once because there's nothing that they can do so you know you you phone them up you tell them what's been happening um and it's like okay you know they note it down but there's nothing else that they can do so we're kind of just left to deal with it mm -hmm. um and it's really difficult to deal with all the symptoms that she has yeah. i mean i'm not a medical professional no, no. So, so like some like as as it goes like i know it's different for everyone but some symptoms are added on some symptoms like you don't get as much and it's just like it's really like kind of it's like it's difficult because when something new happens you think what's going on what's going on and then i go to you and you're like oh that's doing a long cover i'm like again <laughs> there's this never-ending list uh -huh. of symptoms yeah um, uh, i get the ticks now yeah so like i get like a weird chill and then i go like that mm -hmm. and it's like really weird mm. Yeah, and that more recently. You have been. That was new. That's, yeah, over the last sort of few months that she's had that. I don't even think that was on the NHS list as a symptom. I don't think that was on it. Mm. It might be now. I don't know. <laughs> To be fair, the NHS, um, for all the, the positive things about the NHS, they, they often are quite slow to, to move with, with the latest information and things like yeah. that. Certainly yeah. from the adult perspective, I've, I've yeah. noticed that's the case. Yeah. Oh, so I'm so sorry to hear about all of this. It sounds really, really hard. Um, yeah. But uh, obviously I spoke to Meryl at the Long Covid Kids Choir um, so let's um, talk to you a little bit about that. How did you find out about the choir and uh, do you enjoy going to it? Um, yeah, the choir is really fun. And so I can't remember. So it started one year back. I can't know. <laughs> yeah, well, so it started off with the charity, Long Covid mm -hmm. Kids Charity. Um, and I got involved in that um, because, like I said, there was nothing else for us. Um, and they've been a godsend you know, the support yes. and everything. They're just amazing. They really, really are. And uh, you couldn't get through it without them, really. Um, so I was a part of that. Um, we even visited the Parliament. Yeah, we went to the Scottish Parliament. Parliament. Uh, um, wow. So, yeah. So we do what we can. <laughs> um, so there's always things um, going on with lots of different things with the charity. And then I saw... Um, we're on their Facebook page and stuff, so we saw about the choir, um, and you like to sing, don't you? Uh, I yes, <laughs> she loves music, so. Oh, that's great! So, is really yeah. is it fun to sing in the in the choir then, over Zoom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. sometimes we have instruments as well. You do. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and what what yeah. does it what does it mean to you the the choir? 
Um, it's just the the choir is really good because we're taking things that I enjoy like music and instruments and that kind of stuff, and then it's with people that are going for the same thing as you and understand how you feel and stuff. So that's yeah, it's just nice to know that there's other people that you can talk to if that makes sense. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you have that as a community space for you. Um, and have you made any friends through the choir? Is there anybody that you uh, speak to? Outside? Yeah, uh -huh. we have a WhatsApp group that we sometimes uh, chat on, oh, which cool. is really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it, it's it's so helpful to speak to other people going through similar things, isn't it? And mm -hmm. people that obviously can understand a bit better than maybe your friends at school might mm -hmm. too. I think that's the problem. A lot of our friends at school are like, have you still got that? <laughs> you know, yeah. because they don't understand it, you know, because they've maybe had COVID and they were fine. So, um, you know, well, the symptoms that she still has, it can be really difficult, you know, because people just don't understand. If she says, oh, you know, I'm struggling to walk today, I'll have to sit down. They're like, oh, right, oh, have you still got that? <laughs> um, uh -huh. So it is really difficult. I remember, I remember I was... Uh... There, I, I've had it a lot, but like, it's like um, I was just saying hi to one of my friends, and he's like, "Do you still have long COVID?" And I'm like, "Yes," and he's like, "Oh, that's sad." <laughs> so at least with the kids in the choir, mm -hmm. they know, know exactly understand what's going no. on. If you want to lie in your bed and sing mm -hmm. along, or just watch or whatever, um, then it's that's not okay. kind of it's not kind of like. With other people who don't have it, they'd be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in your PGs? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad that the choir is available for you and it does sound super fun and uh, it's really lovely. nice. The smiles on their faces, it's amazing. Yeah, yes. it's really lovely. Yeah. Yes. I've been listening to the recordings, it's great. Yeah. Um, and just, is, is there any message you'd like to say to other children with long COVID that might be listening? Um, like, it's hard. Um, see, two things I want to say, actually, okay? So, one, to all the children that have it and to, like, their friends wouldn't understand it, we understand it, and you're not, like, by yourself with us. And, like, there's other kids that are going through the same as you. Maybe not exactly the same because of the different symptoms. But, um, yeah, there's there's people like you. And you, you can always get involved with the charity because there's tons of different things you can do. There's You can do, like, chatting things, of course, the choir. And there's, like, tons of stuff on the website. So, yeah. Because you've met lots of friends, haven't you? Mm -hmm. So they do online gaming as well oh, um, okay. because and they're all over the world I mean you play with people in Canada Canada America, America. England and the Netherlands. Netherlands so it's great yeah wow that's cool <laughs> of course the time differences are painfully because <laughs> yeah. when I could all be chatting and then the kid in America it's it's midnight <laughs> stop stop chatting <laughs> so yeah Nice. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for coming on to, to speak with uh, me and I'm sure the thank listeners you. will really appreciate listening to this. So thank you so much. And I'm 
so sorry that, that you're having to go through this and I hope that you feel better really soon. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks Thank very you. much. Nice to meet you. My name is Clara and um, I am eight years old and I got sick with COVID in December 21. My first was ill with COVID. I was really tired and I had, um, and it felt a bit like a cold and I wasn't as well as I usually was. Symptoms of long COVID is tummy aches, headaches, tiredness and jelly legs. The things that have helped me are um, support from my friends and family and the long COVID kids choir and pacing penguins and breaks. Another thing that helps me is my wheelchair. Um, I use it on day outs, like with family, like dog walks. So I can, if I get tired, I can just sit in it and and relax. The thing, I like doing long COVID kids choir because um, I'm not the only. Then I know that I'm not the only person with long COVID, and Meryl's really cool and kind, and I love singing. My um, message to other people that have long COVID is to relax and keep pacing and believe that things can get better.
Thank you for listening to the Long Covid Hope podcast today. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed listening and got something out of it. Please note we are not medical professionals and this does not constitute medical advice. Always speak to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any new treatments, supplements or beginning a new exercise routine. You can learn about me, Sarah, the long haul yogi, via my Linktree, which is linktree.com forward slash long haul yogi. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the same long haul yogi handle. I offer weekly yoga for long COVID sessions most Thursdays, which are online via Zoom and are completely open access and donation based. I also have an on-demand yoga series, which you can purchase and tune into at your own time. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Insight Timer, and I do some private classes as well. All of the Yoga for Long COVID series is incredibly gentle and focused on listening to your body and going at your own pace. Again, all of this good stuff can be found at linktree.com forward slash longhauljogi. If you'd like to make a donation in support of this podcast, you can find the link to buy me a chai on Linktree as well. Thank you in advance for any donations. They're gratefully received and really do help me to build on and improve this podcast. Lastly, I wanted to say to you, wherever you are in your long COVID or chronic health journey, know that things can improve. Keep the hope alive. Speak to you next time.